Welcome back to Venture Studio and another edition of the Venture Studio Vault. In this interview from 2011, Dave chats with the multi-talented Bo Peabody, co-founder of Village Ventures. Prior to Village Ventures, Bo co-founded and sold Tripod, the original social network. Bo was one of very few venture investors who was bullish on media and content in 09, 10, and 11, with founding experience or investments in Everyday Health, which is now public, Babbel, VoodooVox, and Health Guru Media. Bo wrote a great book called Lucky or Smart in 2005, which is based on his experience at Tripod. To answer the lucky or smart question for himself, Bo often says that he was smart enough to realize that he was getting lucky. At the time of this interview, Bo said that many of the 30-year-old entrepreneurs he was meeting with didn't even know what Tripod was. Today, Bo is a venture partner at Graycroft Partners, based in New York City. Check out VentureStudio.org for more interviews with some of New York's best venture investors. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash venture studio and subscribe on iTunes. Our Twitter feed is at Venture Studio. Now, let's head up to the Venture Studio office. In the office, baby. Hey everybody, Dave Lerner, Venture Studio. I have a real treat for you today. I've got the author of this book with me, Bo Peabody. He released this book in 2005, Lucky or Smart. It's a great book, I really enjoyed it. A lot of wisdom in here. It's just being re-released on Business Insider. Check it out, it's got a lot of documents from Bo's experience with Tripod back in the day. You'll really enjoy it. Bo, welcome, good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Bo, I've known you a long time. You've been investing for years. Uh, since 2003, you've been diving into content. A lot of people have been running for the hills on that. Could you tell us a little about your, your philosophy on that and why you're so engaged with content? My experience is at Tripod where, you know, Tripod was a social media company. And what I experienced there was easy to build a lot of traffic, really hard to build any sort of barriers to entry. And when I invested in Everyday Health in 2003, what I saw was really hard to build traffic, but really easy to build barriers to entry. And I felt when I got into the venture business that that was a better path for managing capital across a number of different investments. The path of harder to build the business, but once you build it, you've really got something. Versus the social media world, which I think, you know, the businesses grow more quickly, or at least the traffic grows more quickly. Uh, but, you know, it's pretty easy to build the next social media application um, and come in and pick off the traffic from the existings. So we just think content is, you know, it's, it's hard, but once you, I mean, Everyday Health, it's a tough business to replicate at this point. Tell us a little about Everyday Health. What's going on with that? It's now the largest health property on the web, about 40 million unique visitors a month, uh, larger than WebMD from a traffic perspective. Um, getting there on a, from a revenue perspective. Uh, and it's a collection of 25 sites um, covering every condition, every health condition under the sun. Uh, and it, the bent is more of sort of a managing from a daily perspective your wellness. It, did it used to have a different name? Yeah, like Health well, Guru the, or something? It used to be called Waterfront Media. Wa okay, yeah. Waterfront Media. Yeah, Waterfront. Health Guru yeah. is another one of our okay. investments. But it used to be called Waterfront Media. With Denise Austin and all that yeah, stuff. And, and yeah. Waterfront Media was the collection of the 25 sites with Everyday Health being the flagship. And so we just decided to rename the company after the flagship site. 
You founded Waterfront Media like six, seven years ago, well, right? Well, didn't, I mean, what happened was um, a company that I had founded merged with a company called Agora Media, and that combined entity became Waterfront Media. So Ben Wolin, Mike Kariakis, and I were sort of three founders that came together from two separate businesses and then built Waterfront Media essentially from scratch. Right. Side note, you, you do that a lot uh, from what I could, could, can tell. You often will incubate your own companies within Village Ventures based on ideas that yeah, you have. Try that... to, yeah. Haven't done as much of it recently, and that's a, an interesting, um, you know, in the content business we have, so building on the everyday health investment, we decided to try to replicate that success in other verticals. So technology media, financial services media, uh, beauty and fashion, travel, you know, what, whatever the vertical may be. And what we found is that it, it's, it's easier for us to invest in later stage businesses when we're doing that thesis than to incubate stuff from the ground up. Um, in part because no one's investing in it but us, <laughs> the prices have remained reasonable. So for companies with you know, $10 million of revenue, we're not paying 100 pre, which is happening in the social media world. Um, you know, we're paying reasonable prices. So we've, we've actually moved upstream a little bit. And so in the last like three or four years, I've done much less of the incubating than I had beforehand. Okay. Uh, waterfront Media, I know what you're talking about. Tell us a little about Health Guru and some of these other content yeah, sure. plays. I think sure. everyone would be very So Health excited. Guru is, is, you know, a similar play, but totally focused on video. So we definitely have an idea, which is not a revolutionary idea, that video is, is going to play a much bigger role um, in how people uh, digest information on the web in the next five years than it has in the previous five. Um, and in fact, I've been spending some time out in LA because I think LA is becoming a much more important market in the content business than it ever has been because all the video creation assets are there. Uh, and so between New York and LA is really where the type of stuff that I'm investing in is happening. So Health Guru is another investment tech media network in the technology category. Basically we're building the next CNET. Uh, you know, CNET's been around for a long time. You know, we think has stopped innovating. Uh, tech media network uh, has now up to 22 million monthly uniques across 14 different sites addressing people's technology media needs, everything from stuff about the new iPad to mobile phones, you, know, you name it. Um, Babbel in the parenting category is another great business here in New York, growing fast. Um, Daily Makeover in the sort of beauty, personal care business uh, here in New York, also doing well. Um, and Travel Ad Network. Travel Ad Network. Tell us about that. Also here I'm in New York. Uh, business that is aggregating, you know, starting off as an aggregator of travel sites um, and is now moving into owning and operating its own content. Uh, and then another small business called Trefis, which is actually in Boston in the financial services media space. And we've, you know, you look at CNN Money or Yahoo Finance or, you know, AOL's finance offering, I mean, they're all the same. You know, it's basically yeah. real-time stock quotes and regurgitated Edgar filings. No one's done anything innovative in that. I mean, look at the street.com or the Motley Fool. I mean, it's all fine, but no one's done anything innovative. And we back these guys out of MIT who've built a really innovative way to look at companies in a way that we think is 
is much more intuitive and aligns better with the way people look at companies. You know, they look at companies through the lens of the products that they use, sort of the Peter Lynch, you know, philosophy. And Trefis has built models for public companies from the ground up based on how their products contribute to their profits. So they don't use terms like, you know, earnings per share. I mean, it, it sort of takes it out of that esoteric world and brings it into the world how we all talk. Like, I like my iPhone. How many of these things have they sold? How much profit has that contributed to Apple? So that's the, the lens through which they view the, the financial services media world. So you're pretty much all, you're in LA, you're in Boston, you're doing a lot of deals in New York City. Yep. Uh, do, you, do you have go-to people that you syndicate with a lot? Do you have like groups or that you're Yeah, you know, like I said, there's not many people doing content, yeah. doing professional content. So um, we like to do deals with Graycroft. They've done some some content investing. Roe is probably our, our number one. Right, Habib, 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 you've known you know, Habib for years. I've known Habib, he backed me at Tripod. Right. We did Everyday Health together. Um, we've done daily makeover together, so you know they're interested in the content. We travel ad network together, so they they're interested in the content business. Um, but after that, it's pretty lean. You know, we just did a deal with Castile up in Boston, Skip Bestoff, who was at Row, so sort of came out of that that view of the world. Um, you know, Dana Settle at Graycroft is doing some content deals out there. The guys at Rusta Canyon have done a couple deals. Mark Suster at GRP has done a couple deals. So, you know, I'm trying to get myself around to the people who are looking at content deals and aren't afraid to do them. Um, but it's a, it's thin ranks. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And we'll see. You know, we'll see if it comes around. You know, this is, I saw this movie before, you know, and, and, uh, content, I, I, look, I agree with everybody that it doesn't grow as fast, but I do think that when it grows, it's real hard to take it down. How many deals a year are you planning on doing, roughly? I think the right pace for any venture investor is, is probably two or three a year. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard to do more than that. And, and frankly, a problem that we all have is because the liquidity market has been so constrained, it's hard to get off boards. <laughs> You know, so we all have a backlog of boards that we've been on for a long time. You know, not because the companies aren't doing well necessarily, but because they're just the exit environment hasn't been there. So that's a that's an issue we're all facing. But either way, I think the right pace is is sort of you know two to three a year. Got it. Got it. Let me ask you a question. Lucky or smart? Let's talk about it. Um, great book. Read it a long time ago. One of the best lines I've ever read. You know, give your black. You know, give. I would give. Blackberries to all my enemies, yeah. right? You don't carry all this stuff. You're not getting bombarded with emails. That's yeah. been your MO yeah. for years. Yeah. You want to do the thinking. Um, they're recently re-releasing that on Business Insider. What What's the premise of that? What are they doing? So the original question that everybody asked me when I exited from Tripod was, were you lucky or were you smart? And the answer I, I always gave was that I was smart enough to realize I was getting lucky. Which, when you boil that off, is really the goal of any entrepreneur is to manage your ego. Um, in fact, you know, I, I saw a post today that Ben Horowitz did on, on managing your psychology as a CEO. I mean, I think that's the number one issue that entrepreneurs have, is how to manage your ego. Um, and if you can do that, which, you know, you have to have an ego, right, or else you wouldn't be doing this. Um, but if you have too much of an ego, you'll miss opportunities. Um, and so the book is all about that. That's the central theme of, of it. And uh, I think it, you know, I think I do, you know, I think it's timeless. <laughs> I'm biased, but I, I do think it's timeless. It was written um, as a reflection on the 10 years that I had as an entrepreneur. 
but I but I think the the lessons in it you know still ring true. And Henry over at, at Business Insider felt the same way, and so he's been releasing it as a series of posts. And the first two chapters are up, and there's ten chapters, so it'll be ten weeks uh, on Business Insider. And so far, the the feedback's been great. Okay, so you've heard it here on Business Insider. Lucky or smart is being released. Uh, and the slideshow. The slideshow is amazing. Yeah, let's hear about the slideshow. Yeah, show. the slideshow is great. You know, so I had all this stuff. I, I, we, we built this tripod museum uh, in an old barn up in Williamstown where we just had all the old stuff. And I mean, if you look at the slideshow, it's great. There's the original business plan from 1992, the original budget, the first deal where we sold stock to Peter Wilmot. We sold 9% of the company for 25 grand. You know, old business cards, the S1 from the Globe, the S1 from GeoCities. I mean, just just old, you know, nostalgia. You know, I feel like now I've, I'm, you know, once you become a piece of nostalgia, you're you're old. You know, that's so. Uh, Dude, I'm I all am. over that. Here I mean, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I went up to Williamstown for a summer. That was when you were you had just started Tripod. Yeah. You and Brett Hershey. And uh, we were in a car driving around and talking like about it. it I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how far yeah. the whole industry has come since then. And you know, it's funny. I, I w I've been out in LA and meeting with with some of the guys out there. And you know, I'll go in and meet with a, a CEO who's 30, and you know, I'll, I'll give them my background. And they, you know, I'm getting to the point now where they don't even know what tripod was or is. I mean, right. it's it's really something, you know, it's, which is probably good, right. you know. Right. <laughs> they they right. shouldn't be thinking about that. It was happened too long ago. They need to be thinking this way. You know, I was talking to Matt before, and he was telling me that you know, Village Ventures, the model, you guys are looking overseas, you're looking at other other countries, Middle East, yeah. Europe, etc. What's your take on that? We've been doing the small fund thing before it was Vogue. You know, I mean, we we believe in small funds. Um, the Village Ventures Network is a service provider to 15 other small funds. Um, we think that model works. Uh, we'll never be big. Um, I no one in our network, I think, will ever be big. I think that. The returns are better, the, the relationships with the entrepreneurs are better, the incentives are more aligned, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, and the issue is, is how can you make it make sense for the limited partners, you know, because they want to put a lot of money to work. Um, so we think it works, whether it's here or, or overseas, um, and so we're just going to keep expanding. And, you know, we're in, in a mode now where if you're a 50 or 60 million dollar fund, you know, Village being part of the network is a is a really compelling offering. So, you know, the phone is ringing for people to sign up, and we're we're adding two or three funds a year, and we're trying to be selective, because we do get everyone together twice a year, you know, and we want that group to be to be you know valuable to everybody there. So we're trying to make it a little bit of a club. Um, you know, I don't think it's too prestigious, but uh, it's it, we're trying to be selective, and so far it's working out well. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to have been able to catch up with you. Thank you so much Thanks, for coming on the show. You. Great Take to care. see you, my friend. Thanks. Show you around, give you a taste of business, you know? <laughs>